This is another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast. For people who are never in a bad mood, everyone else is just annoying. And I'm your host, Sydney. Let's dive into what's getting under our skin this week. Okay. Hey, everyone. You are now tuned in for another episode of the Annoyed Not Offended podcast, a podcast specifically for the unoffended but constantly irritated individuals. As always, I'm your host, Sid, sharing the deets on what has me fed up this week. And I am back with another guest, giving the people what they want. This week, I have Coach R. Anthony, host of the podcast Relationships and Chill. And as you can tell from the title of the show, it focuses on everything relationships, but it's also for both singles and couples alike as it focuses on like communications, boundaries, and attraction. And <laughs> me and uh, Coach Anthony were talking earlier and I am happy I didn't record that portion because I didn't tell this man all my business, y'all. All my business. I'm like, oh my God. He already told me that. He's like, you know, you might have some control issues. And I'm like, okay. Actually, you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Go ahead and give the people a quick introduction. Well, hello. My name is Coach R. Anthony. I am a relationship and dating coach. My wife and I, we have been uh, coaching singles and couples since 2015 to help them create the most amazing relationships possible. A lot of people don't even think it's possible or probable. We show them mm-hmm. very possible and you can have it too. And so um, relationshipsandchill.com is where you can find a lot of our information and Wifed Up Academy have to help women, whether you're single or married, navigate how to communicate better with your man. So that's one of the one of the most interesting parts of what we do is help women better communicate with men. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Okay. I, I can go on and on. I, I want to get into this topic though. Okay. Well, yes, I do too. And again, I am happy to be joined by Coach R. Anthony. After hearing him on Clubhouse's, you know, real relationship talks, I said, I might need him as a guest, you know? Uh, But then again, I am happy to have him here for this particular discussion on relationship reparations. And I already know y'all like, wait a minute, relationship reparations, what is that? But we are going to get into it. So starting off with the very first segment of the show, which is my fave, fed up, or up. So I use this segment of the show to get to allow my audience to know my guests better. Just because you learn more about people by learning what gets under their skin. So this week, Coach R. Anthony, can you share what had you fed up? What had me fed up this week? Great question. I think uh, I think just navigating Clubhouse. Ah. You know what I'm saying? I think navigating Clubhouse and uh, there's so many rooms and so many people have so much to say. They do. But, they right. always do. Right. They always have so much to say and everybody wanna, wants to get their thoughts out. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is very, it's, you have to be very delicate because a person could be flat out wrong and people will be like, I, I, I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say when I first joined Clubhouse, uh, funny enough, like when I was first just playing around with it, I, I forgot which celebrity was it I followed first. I think it was 
21 Savage and a couple other celebrities. But literally the first room I hopped into, they arguing with 21 Savage. Like they just yelling, going off something about somebody paid for a feature with him and they were upset and he ain't run Atlanta. And surprisingly, 21 Savage was just sitting in the room calmly, not saying anything. Then I said, okay. Then I quietly left. And then I went to a room with a couple pastors and preachers where they were having sermons about the new year. So I said, all in all, I do like the duality of this app. But again, it is a lot. It's a lot. And and you got to take breaks. <laughs> you got to take, it's hard to take breaks on Clubhouse because you just want to know what, you want to say something, but you also want to know what I think. You know, it's, it's just creating that new balance because it is a relatively new platform. Yes, for sure. Now, one thing that had me fed up this week that is a little bit different than Clubhouse is Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan showing their PDA. And not in the sense of they offended me, you know. I can definitely say all my friends and family know how much I love Michael B. Jordan, like love, love, love him. So they were already Mm -hmm. sending me the Instagram post. I'm cracking up. They were already (laughs) sending the Instagram post like, look, 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 look. So I'm like, okay, I might have to buy her daddy damn book because she knows something. It might be something that book but on a serious note if you guys haven't seen it already Lori Harvey and Michael B. Jordan announced their rumored coupledom by posting a couple lovey-dovey photos together on Instagram and again I was personally offended by the announcement but I did not take it to heart because all in all you know Lori is wealthy she's beautiful and somehow unproblematic you know I don't I can't speak of a time when she's done anything because she doesn't say much like in honesty she doesn't doesn't say much. So hell, I'd probably date her if I had the chance. Um, but considering that people have gone into this frenzy from sitting in the house and they don't have anything else to discuss, it was a lot of people bringing up just things that weren't relevant, like her past public relationships, including allegedly dating Sean Combs after dating his son, and even comparing her to her ex-boyfriend future, which, how? How can you do that? She does not have 10 kids and like eight baby mamas. Like, no, she ain't out here doing nothing like that. So I just thought it was interesting the amount of chastising that was going on on the internet from the male side. There were a few women jumping in and saying what they had to say, but I'm just like, she's not doing anything out of the ordinary. Quite frankly, again, none of us know her personally to speak on her behalf. And it also made me think a little bit about the other sort of socialites in Hollywood that weren't as, not so much classy, but like Black China and Amber Rose, they've all dated men in like the rap game or basketball players. I was very just like why why are these people taking the time out of their day to talk about who don't know anything about them and to go in on her i was just very confused you want me to i mean it's, it's sure like, yeah what you got to say about it <laughs> well i mean I, actually i mean not not too much to say about her specifically mm-hmm. but i think it's the idea that we have of how women should be mm-hmm. and and on top of that like how women confirm that that's how they are and mm-hmm. it may not necessarily be true you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying like it may not necessarily be true but but the idea that a lot of women want right is that they haven't done that when realistically Realistically, <laughs> on the low, mm-hmm. they have dated, you know, they've, they've dated in a very similar way that men do. And and, uh, and as we were talking about earlier, a lot of the times we think that men can do certain things that women can. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of creates a problem because now people are looking at her like, dang, she get to do all this and she get that. <laughs> 
But it's just I've been this good girl all my life, and Michael B. Jordan going for her. But my thing is, we don't know her to know like think differently of her. Like I can't remember a time when she was involved in any scandal or did anything just outright like outlandish. And even then, she's dating wealthy men, but she's not like the city girls. Like she's not like four five niggas, you know, rich nigga shit or nothing like that. So I don't see the I don't see the problem with it. But there were a lot of men on social media going in going off i'm like bruh put your phone down she don't know you i mean i i don't know like i'm i don't it doesn't yeah. affect me one way yeah for sure yeah. for now, sure now, now if she want dated advice then hey i'm the man <laughs> to talk to if you if you listening talk to me well for sure i think she got you know her daddy her stepdaddy on speed oh, dial uh mr harvey on. might be all in her ear letting her know something but we are going to move on to the main segment of the show which is make it make sense so as i stated in the beginning of the show this episode is focused on relationship reparations. So given a little bit more background, the idea for this topic came from discussions with friends and ironically Issa Rae's hit series Insecure, which I discussed my love for the show on the previous episode. But specifically during season four on episode three, there's a scene with Issa and her brother Amal where she is discussing seeing her ex-boyfriend Lawrence with his new girlfriend Kendola. And he was just out with his new girlfriend like getting lunch and they happen to run into Issa and in the clip Issa shares how she now grapples with seeing him doing all the things she wanted him to do in their relationship in this new relationship because even then she like they were out to eat and I'm sure he was gonna pay for their lunch you knew that when we was together and in a way during the scene she isn't like seething with envy she's not just frantic or all over the place but she just feels like his new partner is really reaping all the benefits of her emotional investment. And this is something that we've seen time and time again, or even endured ourselves. So why is this such a thing to have that resentment built up? And even more so, why do we obsess over what led to the failure of past relationships? So again, what I liked the most during this scene is she was not crying. She was frantic. She wasn't like, oh my God, I got to get Lawrence back. I have to get him back. It was just more so like this epiphany and this conclusion that she had come to that she had invested so much of her time in this relationship but never reaped the benefit of having that energy being reciprocated and even now she was a bystander to the relationship that she actually wanted and I thought it was very relatable considering we see this ourselves like what is this? It's, it's a lot of factors, a lot of moving parts, because if I can remember correctly, uh, like when they broke up, right? Mm-hmm. So they broke up. I can't remember who basically how it how it transitioned to where they where they broke up in, that, in this specific case, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously it's so many moving parts when it comes to your own unique relationship. But we talk about reparations. A lot of people do feel like because I've been that guy. I've been the guy like, OK, we, we spending time, we hanging out. And then like, like this ain't gonna work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, and and they may feel as though because a lot of the times it's situational and it's based on like where I am at that particular time in my life, mm-hmm. and it can be the dynamic that the relationship is created off of. So mm-hmm. there has to be a separation mm-hmm. in order for that person to start moving on their own because a lot of the times it does feel good. Be honest, it does feel good to be the person that like I'm helping this person. So you kind of interesting. 
yeah, you kind of create that dynamic within yourself. Like I'm, I'm contributing to this relationship. I'm, I'm helping this man get to this place. So, so we can get to this place where we can be a power couple or we can be this, interested. That, that and then, then that person is like, I need to do something. I need to do more. Cause this is, this is not who I am. Mm-hmm. But, but if you really think about it, it changes now the whole trajectory of the relationship. If he mm-hmm. starts to transition into that person that he's, that he was, he couldn't have transitioned into that person because she probably wouldn't have let him. Because mm-hmm. That dynamic fed her, fed her into feeling like I'm a good woman because I'm doing this for a man. Okay. Now that's a different sort of perspective being taken on in the show with Issa and Lawrence. I just like using their case. Cause you know, you can kind of see both sides of the character and it play out a little bit more, but within their relationship, it failed because one, on both sides, Issa cheated, but she cheated on him due to the fact that he had been in this depression where he wasn't being there um, emotionally or romantically. He wasn't working, like he was not doing anything. And in a lot of ways, she would be like, oh, you know, you should apply for this job. You should look at this. And even in those moments where he would have some clarity and he would try to be present, it wouldn't last. So again, she went on to resent him and eventually cheat. But then when it came back around and they wind up meeting again later, she like, wait a minute, he got a job now? he on his shit now like what i ain't seen this lawrence like since when basically right and that's that's what i'm saying like it's it's so many moving parts to it and there's so many dynamics to why people end up in in a relationship in the first place Mm -hmm. and the way that but the way that my wife and i is you know you got to come in with a fresh clean slate and you have to come in new because if you come in bringing the things that you experienced before whether that's depression or whether that's abuse or whatever the case may be that's why it's important to take the time to heal but if you bring that stuff into um your next relationship it literally it literally is a continuation of the previous and a lot of times we think we've grown and we've learned but it's really we just pause we've grown Mm -hmm. in our personal lives our individual lives but we've paused our relational lives Mm -hmm. and and you have to really take stock into the things that you did and take responsibility for the things that you did in the past Mm -hmm. in order to move on especially in the relationship realm yeah. But as far as the reparations go, I, like how can I, how can a person repay you for that? Because there's never there's never gonna be enough. At least okay. from your from your point, you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. from your perspective, there's never going to be enough that you can do, and it goes back to control. <laughs> <laughs> because if I like my, my dad used to say, as long as I owe you, you'll never be broke. Okay, okay, <laughs> that's one way to think about it. And one thing I wanted to bring up and kind of go back to this is, I don't want to put this entirely on men, but I might have to just because that's how I am. But it, but in most cases of even looking at relationships like this, when um, they do want reparations, it's often because men are the ones in the relationship who are often on the lacking end. You know, women are more guilty of not dating someone based on their credentials and what they bring to the table. Like it's, it's probably a few men a few men out there who could say he was in a relationship with the woman that didn't exactly meet all of his standards. Right. But how is it that women were often the ones that are faced with this issue of deeply loving someone yet having this nagging feeling that they need to change? 
I mean, I think I think that's that's all in in all cases, but specifically in that areas, like on a financial or mm-hmm. material realm, yeah. I mean, because guys don't really have the same disposition that women do when it comes to giving support. That typically is meaning like guys are. It's understood that men are supposed to provide. Mm-hmm. Understood that men are supposed to be the ones. But when a guy isn't in that position and the woman becomes in that position, a lot of the times the resentment starts from the man within himself and extends out to the woman to where, like you said, Issa started to resent him, but he okay. was already in depression resenting himself and hating the fact that he was depending on his woman okay well that makes okay yeah 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 yeah. i see what you're saying there but in a way i just still think like that resentment does you does sort of say start off with the man and kind of go through him and then rub off on the relationship because again you said both people already bring their own personal dynamics and their own experiences and even who they are presently to the relationship my thing is just again i feel like it's a women we do this so much and i i don't get it and i've had friends who were even like they look back on it now and they're like oh my gosh back then i used to stay telling him like okay Hey, apply for this like you will be good at this do this kind of not so much that motherly instincts but just being very nurturing very understanding whereas I feel like if the shoe was on the other foot a man would be like okay look get it together but you sleeping on your homegirl couches and bouncing around like that's not a good look for nobody like how how is it and I can't I'm trying to think as a woman why we it's, put up with this like our hope. ah hope um it's hope that you know because and I was having this conversation on clubhouse coach right Anthony. I was having this conversation as a matter of fact just last night it's the hope um because there's not a lot of available good men at least by perception mm-hmm. by perception there's not a lot of available good men this is why this is why when a, when like a celebrity is he's identified as good men this is why a lot of women um kind of objectify him as the epitome of what they want and whether that mm-hmm. just be physically but you know he's an actor he's a celebrity he has a financial he has a financial base mm-hmm. so that puts him in a different category so you have a lot of women kind of clamoring for this particular guy as we talked about mm-hmm. uh, michael b jordan <laughs> but 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 you ain't got michael b jordan you got michael ray jordan <laughs> down the street. oh my god that's oh i don't even like that name michael ray jordan <laughs> oof, oof. but you see what i'm saying it's, it's close enough mm-hmm. and and so you want to kind of build a build a dude mm-hmm. you know you want to kind of like invest in them and and kind of like a fixer up like a fix up like a you buy a property you want to fix it up you know what i'm saying and and make it your own and then hopefully one day Everybody will see this house that you fixed up, but somebody comes in and and buys it before you could, and that's, that's kind of where we're at. Somebody comes in and they take it, they take it before you get a chance to uh, actually mm-hmm. hurt the home itself. So, and I felt like that's a great analogy because, in a way, who, who's to say even though you've done all of this stuff and invested so much that, like you said, in a way, the person can ever repay you? Like they right. can't really, unless the only the only way they would have been able to repay you is if starting off on the right foot like you both are investing 50 50 into the relationship and you're pouring into them and they're pouring into you and even more so in the case of Issa and Lawrence what I thought was interesting is um when the relationship was over she still had this nagging sense that he was doing more in their latest endeavor regardless of if he was or not like she still had this imagery in her head like oh my gosh he's this much better person when if you look back on the season Lawrence, he still had his issues. He still had a lot of the same faults in his new relationship that he had in their old relationship. Like, 
even though it looked like he was more given of himself to Condola in that sense, he was still somewhat insecure in their relationship because he ain't know where they stood and she was still kind of throw them little jabs, like her friends coming over and they're like, well, you know, she just been like trying to live her best life since getting her divorce, but I know she ain't looking for nothing serious. Like you seem fun, but we just let you know our friend and he like, well, damn. So even in that context of that TV show, I really liked it because you get a chance to really see it. Whereas I think as in reality, you don't know what the other person doing. You just infer like, okay, they doing much better. Right. And you don't even know what you're doing. You're just kind of going with, you're just kind of going with the flow of what's going on. Like how, you know, it's like a good show. Like you're, like you're saying it, it kind of, but, but it gets so, it gets so fusing and it gets so deep and so many twists and turns and possibilities and stuff like that. And you're watching them, but you don't even realize how many of those has happened in your own relationship. You just Ooh. see it like, oh, he tripped for it. Mm-hmm. We had an argument. We had a disagreement and woo, 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 woo. And mm-hmm. now he ain't talking to me, but you don't see that other side. Like, what mm-hmm. happens after that you know mm-hmm. he probably went out with his friends and then this that and the third and whatever mm-hmm. the case may be and so like your own show your own movie should be the most intriguing interesting focused part of instead of like for me for instance like the way i the way i teach the way um me and my wife have have created what we have and mm-hmm. it's the most amazing thing i would never trade it for <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine being single and dating anymore like it's it's uh Look at him. He like uh, peasant. I feel. No, 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 no I, I feel. I feel for y'all. This is why I'm helping. I'm, I'm in the game. It's the coach. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming in with my referee whistle. But this is the thing, though. So the way I found that it works best is if the man is pouring more initially. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, I like to think of it like a garden, right? My, um, like, planting the garden last year, I couldn't just wait for it to just spring up what I wanted to put plant in it. I had to go out there and till and work the ground and then, then get it to a place to where I, I can plant the right seed. Mm-hmm. And so by planting the right seeds and it growing now, it's it's benefiting me mm-hmm. because I've done the work of putting the right seed in the ground and clearing out the, the hard stuff. And then now I can benefit from it. So what a lot of women want, a lot of women try to do is I'm the garden. I'm going to make you a better farmer. I'm going to make you a better, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to make you better. But it doesn't work that way because um, I, I talk about this in the husband material guide. Like the word husband means gardener it means someone who is skilled at planting right so it means so this is how you know when a man is ready to be a husband is his ability to plant the right seeds and not seeds of fear not not seeds of um doubt not seeds of resentment Mm-hmm. but but actually good seeds that produce a good relationship and and it really just stems from and, the, and here's the truth though and I'm, i know a lot of women don't want to a lot of women don't want to hear the fact that a good man is going to correct he's going to make sure you up on game he's going to make sure you on point and you know i'm telling you the truth um, he he could if he had any but a lot of these that, men don't have that's any how, that's what i'm saying but, but as a woman you got to be <laughs> you got to pay attention to what you attract them you know what i'm saying because because mm-hmm. a guy will plant the ideas in you plant, mm-hmm. i mean as men we're, we're we plant seeds right we mm-hmm. plant ideas we plant idea of like spending time with us the idea of you know being naked with us we we plant all these ideas not mm-hmm. saying that y'all don't have your ideas but if if you already have that idea guess what i'm pouring more gas on that fire <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna keep on pouring. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna pour and pour and pour. But mm-hmm. but uh, but uh, but the honest, honestly, a good man that's ready to be a husband is more well well rounded than just mm-hmm. focusing in on the things that you're tr- traditionally used to mm-hmm. uh, from a man. So that's the thing. Like, and and that I think that puts a lot of women in 
in the place of dang i did all this for this man and now look at look at what happened he know mm-hmm. left me and found another woman mm-hmm. uh, he he actually doing all the things that he that i wanted him to do for me mm-hmm. he's doing that for her so now i feel slighted because of that fact mm-hmm. but again i always tell people how you start is how it's gonna end if you start off like that where you're the main one that's invested into the relationship and he's not, then it's going to end with you feeling like you're going to be like, you should be investing more. You should be putting more into this relationship. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be like, I ain't got to put more into this relationship. And that's where usually the friction starts. Like you yeah. said, 50, 50. And then now you're putting 60, 40. Cause mm-hmm. you feel like he's and up. And then it's just like you picking it up. You just keep exactly. picking up the slack and you picking up more and more until he's you literally, yeah. But, he, but see, that's the thing though. He, you could be drowning him out and not allowing him to do it because you think a relationship should be a certain kind of way, but you don't even know how he sees it. Okay. Now that is a good point, but why, why wouldn't he just speak up and say that? Like, hey, I noticed you doing all of this. And in a way, I feel like you overcompensated. We might be in a bad area now, but I'm willing to work on that. But men just sit back and let women continue to do it instead of just being like, you know what? I'm just going to cut cut this relationship loose, like all together. I, I mean, I, I I think because we we think that, and this is the crazy part. This Uh-oh. is the crazy part that I teach. No, because we think that women, a relationship is for a woman. Like we, we, we literally believe that. So a lot of men that come to me, a lot of couples that come to me for coaching, mm-hmm. I have to make them understand that providing ain't just bringing money into the house. Providing ain't just paying for the roof. It's actually giving, again, like who you are, which is the communication that you're saying. Like if I see you need help in this area, we're going to help each other. Like that's mm-hmm. not, like for instance, like you hear a lot of women say, I go to work too. And then when I come home, I got to cook. I got to clean up. I got to do all this stuff. And he's been at home playing video games or whatever the thing right mm-hmm. and so and so what <laughs> so what happens is she does those things but it creates that resentment as we talk about mm-hmm. but instead of her expressing to him in a way that is well in a way that makes him understand that yeah you're right as opposed to you need to do this because because mm-hmm. you ain't been helping me out you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying and so that mm-hmm. makes him w- further withdraw and further withdraw because it's like i'm gonna do it or i might do it because i don't want any conflict i don't want any problems ah uh, and me and you guys tighten up no conflict it's so yeah. funny like men are so masculine and i'm a dominate i'm gonna do this but in a lot of times i even had this conversation with my friend like in a lot of ways men will not break up with women they will let the woman be the one to be like okay i'm gonna fish i'm unofficially in things right. they as much as it might fizzle out and it might just be on its last leg the woman will be like you know what i'm just completely done with this and it's crazy that you say that because i guess from the perspective of a man and like you said, y'all just like, well, this relationship is for her. It's not for me. So I guess she just got to be the one to call it a shot. And she got to figure it out on her own too. And something else that I wanted to go into as well is even after that point where it's like, okay, the woman's like, you know what? I've realized this. I have washed my hands of it. In a lot of ways, we still even dwell on the faults of past relationships and what went wrong. And I feel like I'm even guilty of thinking about what I could have done differently, how it could have altered the course of the relationship. Like, how do we even take the blame off of ourselves and move forward, like move on and not have any resentment? regardless of if we see this person doing stuff we wanted them to do or if they're just out of sight and out of mind so how do you move on with with, with that in mm-hmm. mind i guess okay. yes so i mean i, I mean I, I think here's here's the thing that that has helped me is if you've done all that you can do 
Yeah. You couldn't have done nothing else but what you did. Then what could you have done different? You know what I mean? Like, what could you? Have but what I'm saying it more so as okay. I think I'm more so trying to say it as if I'm like, oh my god, I put all of this into this relationship. Right. It didn't work out, and we both went our separate ways. But now I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have put my all into it. Maybe I should have pulled back. Maybe I should have did whatever else or found somebody new. Like, how do we move out of this phase of resenting the person and their relationship? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think because this is the this is I promise you as happy as I am as a married man how mm-hmm. how much I love my wife I still say to this day that people have choice if my wife wanted to leave right now today there's nothing that I could I could I could try my best to do whatever I can say what I whatever I can mm-hmm. to make her understand like this is we've done we made we've made a lot of progress made a lot of changes mm-hmm. and, you know you know you know the whole thing but it's still her decision. If mm-hmm. she wanted to leave right now, it would be her decision. There's nothing that I could do. As much as I love her, as much <laughs> as I didn't want her to leave, it's still her decision. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, this is why um, this is why love is, is such an amazing thing is because I can only, I'm going to give you everything that I have mm-hmm. under the understanding that is, is you only get, you only receive when you get. So everything, I'm going to shed and give everything to you because that's for you. In this time of my life right now, everything mm-hmm. that I'm doing is for my wife and I. Mm-hmm. I if it didn't work out, I, I would be so hard pressed. I'd be <laughs> devastated. But I know eventually I'm going to regroup. I'm going to mm-hmm. recover mm-hmm. and I'm going to have a thousand times more to give in the next mm-hmm. one. So um, th- I can't lose. Okay. That makes it, I, I cannot lose. It, it, with that particular way of thinking is, I'm thinking from a different perspective. I think- I, I thought I, you're I'm thinking honest. of the like, the best case scenario perspective. Best Because a lot of people don't even go into it that way. And it makes sense what you're saying. Like, in order to even have that perspective, you have to go through so much healing already. But I think some people's initial reaction is like, oh, my gosh, I did all of this in this past relationship. I can't do it the next one. The next one go kill me if it happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to die. That's how so many people act like we in in general humans, the human race, we are so dramatic about relationships. It's like it do not take this damn much. But yet again, we see ourselves in the same spot. But that's what I'm saying. I think that's why you got to go back and take take ownership of the stuff you didn't know. It ain't like, like, cause we, we say we do a lot of wrong things. I should have did, should have, should have did this, should have, you know, should have, would have, could have. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what didn't I know that got me in that position? Now that is another question because that's going to put you in a place to where you, when you move forward, you could like, I can spot certain things, but I also am able to say, even if that person walked away, I'm going to be okay. Like it ain't yeah. like that person has been in my life the whole, they haven't been in my life the whole time. Like when I was born, I got yeah. a boy in the ring and got in, got into a relationship. No, there yeah. was a certain point in my life where I was breathing before, before I met him and mm-hmm. I'm breathing after, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like I, I, life will go on. It may be tough in that little, that little speck of time, mm-hmm. but um, but again, like for me, it's, it's, you do have to go through a phase of like self-reflection, uh, just learning yourself. Cause I ain't gonna lie to you. I was, I, I was, listen, I was that guy. Oh never, Lord. No, oh no. no. That guy. But I have been that guy, of course, but I'm talking about the guy that got broke down uh-huh. thinking, you know, yeah, I've been that guy because, and I could tell you, I was, I was sitting in my mama's, I was sitting on my mama's back porch for two weeks, listening to slow music. <laughs> 
<laughs> that was heartbroken. This young lady broke me down. And so, but the, the, the thing, the tendency that people try to do is they try to move out of that space as soon as possible. I need to go out. I need to meet somebody. I need it. But the real thing you need to do in order to really get over it is to sit in it. That's the best thing. But that's the hardest part. And people just, and I feel like it can go one or two ways though. I mean, if you sit in it long enough, you're going to eventually be like, okay, I'm tired of feeling like this. But then again, some people just be like, where are my reparations? I need my shit back now. I need all of this stuff I gave back to them. What can you get back? Okay, they give like for instance, like you give them a ring, they give you the ring back. But that ain't gonna never be enough because it ain't the ring that you want back. It's the relationship that you had you want back. Yeah. Yep. And you change as a result of having that relationship. You ain't even the same person because you just yep. said you're gonna be hurt and you ain't gonna do that again. So now how you most people want- I would say I hope I hope I you're mean, not I doing hope, it no more. I hope, but still, <laughs> but you gonna put but you're asking to be back in that position. Yeah, that makes sense. That yeah, makes you're sense. asking literally asking to be back in that same position by wanting reparation because it ain't the ring, it ain't the stuff that you want, because you can go get that. You know, we give stuff away all the time as people. We give money away. We give reasons. We give stuff away. Mm-hmm. But what we what we're saying is the investment of my time and my energy is what I want back. Mm-hmm. But uh, you ain't gonna get that back. That makes complete sense. That makes complete sense. And interestingly enough, I saw an article online by Cosmopolitan, which was titled "How to Deal When an Ex Ends Up Being the Perfect Partner in Their Next Relationship." And one thing that they called out that I liked is, you know, like you say it trying to find a positive aspect and allowing it to set the landscape for your next relationship. Because now, if you smart and if you want to have better relationships, you're going to be like, I can identify what I already want my next partner to have. And I got to stick to it. And you know, I got to force these new boundaries because I know if I don't, it's going to go downhill. They go be like the other man who just, it didn't work out. Well, that's the thing. And that's why that's the husband material guys is a, is a guide that I created for women to be able to do that. Because the thing about what can men about, do, do they have a, a wife guide no, that the men can read? The, but see, that's the <laughs> thing. That's what I'm saying. Like, so <laughs> the, the, the thing is, and this is what I'm saying to you, when we talk about potential, right? We talk mm-hmm. about dating and potential, because I don't have the traditional idea of potential that What's most the- people have. What's your idea of potential? You're going to always date potential, right? You either. <laughs> In what context? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Run I'm that back, to, Turbo. I'm about to uh, listen to me. I want you to hear me really good now. You're going to always date potential. Even if you find the guy that, that you like, that you, that has, even if you met Michael B. Jordan today. Let's say none of that happened. <laughs> yeah, Lori, I'm going to take your man. There you go. I'm about to tell you how to get a Michael B. How about I'm about to tell you, Sydney, how to get Michael B. Short? I'm about to tell you. No, but seriously, so you're going to always date potential. Mm-hmm. But we think about potential as a fixer-upper, right? Mm-hmm. But if you let's say you find the dream home, the dream guy, like everything is exactly how you want it. Mm-hmm. Right? He has the smile, the 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 ch- chiseled chin, or whatever, whatever <laughs> you like. Gray sweatpants, whatever. <laughs> whatever it is right Mm -hmm. here's the thing you are saying yes to him with the potential that he will not change that the thing that you like so Mm -hmm. but from that perspective you you are gonna be committing to the potential of things being the way that they are Mm -hmm. on the flip on the upside or on the like you're gonna come up you're gonna be a better man 
that's mm-hmm. the potential that a lot of women, a lot of people think is just the only form of potential is that you have the potential to become something, but you have the, on the flip side, you have the potential to not become, to not be that same person mm-hmm. that I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. So I'm dating, I'm, I'm, I'm with you in the hopes that you stay this way. If you are that way, if you were my, my ideal, but here's the problem. What if I change? <laughs> yeah. What if I start, what if you Sydney stop liking what you like now? And eventually 10 years from now, you're like, you know what? I don't even like, it. how do you rectify that? So now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really thinking about that. Like, wait a minute might have a point i gotta plan an escape route because that's a good point hmm. there is no escaping potential the only thing you can <laughs> the only thing you, you could do the only thing you can do is be able to adapt to what you see and what you like mm-hmm. you know as things change as we change we have to um we have to be willing to adapt and be adaptable to learning our new selves and how the new selves fit into the new status that we find ourselves in and hopefully i ain't got too deep but but just that idea that just the idea that potential and people stay the same which is absolutely crazy that makes complete sense in a way and i think the way you've worded it is more so like hey there there's also there's always going to be like this um let me think trying to think of the way to word this but in a way there is always going to be that aspect of potential just because like you said you don't know how they're going to come out of this on the other side you don't know how you go come out of this on the other side like just in general fate mm-hmm. the universe is is wonky it's wonky right. it can do some different stuff but in a way you can't be shocked if it doesn't is that Am I getting at it? Right? Well, that's where that's where the faith um, and and the belief in yourself has to come in, you know. Okay. Like, because, for instance, like my responsibility. Here's the thing: my responsibility, because I know I'm going to change. Mm-hmm. I know you're going to change, but my responsibility, the thing that I can control, the you know, like control the controllable, is my <laughs> my ability to communicate with. I can't control whether or not you do or don't do, but I can control how I communicate with. Okay. And if, you see what I'm saying? So, but mm-hmm. but the better communicator you become, you know, you can persuade people to look at things a certain kind of way, kind of like this conversation. The better communicator you become, it doesn't, I, I'm always going to be confident in that. Mm-hmm. I can control. Mm-hmm. I can't control whether or not y'all make decisions or not, but I can control what I'm saying to you. And what I'm saying to you is based on who I am and what I believe in the things that I've done internally to become mm-hmm. the man that I am. But your job, as the other person is to be able to recognize what is true or what is not true. Yeah. 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 You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so wh- whether, whether that's not on me. Yeah. I so definitely like I should be able to recognize, Hey, my partner is falling into this bout of depression. depression. Therefore I am going to give him support, but in a way, I'm also going to be honest with myself. Like I can only give so much in that support because he going to have to bring himself out of this eventually. And like you said, control the controllables, put forth your best foot and just know like, Hey, we're going to be different people on the other side of this, regardless of if we're together or not. So with that being said, (laughs) that full circle, Uh Oh, 360 to cheat on him because of what she could not do she couldn't get him to do the things that she had been telling him to do so she cheated now 
if she would have just been more patient, he probably would have become the person that she saw him with. Uh-uh, uh-uh, he wasn't. How her you know? breaking up How with did, him on, was I, that I, kick in the ass. <laughs> because even then, when I was talking about this with friends, at least that's why I love using their show as an example, because even with his friends, he was still wanting to be that pitiful Lawrence, but his friends were like, look, she already cheated on you. So she really has come to her wits end with you. So even then you have to get it together, Lawrence. They telling him the same stuff that she was telling them. But hold on. So, so you mean to tell me, you, Sydney, that me. that woman cheating on him was the thing that changed his whole life for the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it did. And in the end, she was still mad. So, <laughs> oh man. But still, like I said before, see, I have up, had these conversations up. with friends. It hasn't been to that extreme where they're like, oh my God, I went out and cheated on him. They just like, I let him go. But I still, like you say, I cannot believe. I put my all into this potential. Like I put all these eggs. I would have found other eggs to put into this basket. Yeah, like I that, found other resources. Again, that, that goes back to me being able to know, right? That, that for me, I'm not going to make no decision. And obviously things happen. People mm -hmm. change again, as we talked about, but I'm going to learn in the beginning as, as best as I can, before I make that decision to commit, I'm going to try my best to understand what moves you in any direction, whether that, whether that's making you upset, what makes you this, what makes you that before I make a decision, because guess what? I can always follow the trail back to where you were. Mm -hmm. If I find you in a good place, this is the, this is why, this is why I'm saying all of this. If, if how I meet you is going to tell me how I meet you, I don't know, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know who you are when I meet you. That day I meet you, I don't know. I have no clue who you are. But as we start to get to know each other, I'm going to ask you very basic stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to gauge and I'm going to observe what mm -hmm. I'm seeing. Now, as I'm gauging and observing what I'm seeing, I'm establishing a baseline. It's like a polygraph test. Oh, you know Lord. You <laughs> would be lying on those. Yeah, but, but, they, but they catch them more times than not. Mm-hmm. They catch them more times than not, but they establish a baseline first. They get, they ask you, is your name blah, blah, blah. Are you blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? It's very basic. Yes or no question. And uh -huh. then they start asking the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Once they get the good stuff, then they start realizing like, okay, this person was flat out lying. Uh -huh. Cause they don't even, they don't even have the same wavelength as when they tell the truth. So again, moving into like, that's why you have to go in neutral. That's how you, that's why you have to go in completely neutral because you will miss a lot of information about how a person responds or how a person thinks about things. A lot of people are depressed, but they go to work every day. Yep. You see what I'm saying? So I know I do. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. A lot of people are depressed, but they go to work. But, but again, you have to understand how a person deals with certain things and you won't know necessarily everything, but if you get your foot in there mm -hmm. long enough, um, then you'll be able to establish a, a, a little bit of a baseline to know how to maneuver when that time does come. Mm -hmm. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I was going to say, do you have any last thing that you want to leave us with, like Jim, just in terms of relationship reparations, like anything that you could just like nail, like go directly in on? I think the best thing I can tell y'all is control the controllables and let go of the let go of them. <laughs> Okay. We working on it. My ladies, I hope y'all in therapy, man. I hope y'all getting it together. Control but, the controllables. And let go of the let goables. Is now see a person like me, I'm gonna have to make a list because I gotta sure. see. 
what's the controllable and what's the let go of just the control freak i gotta like what's this what's that (laughs) you know gotta make my list but anyway i enjoyed that conversation you guys leave any comments or reply have you do you feel like some relationships owe you reparations have you moved on or you agreeing with coach or anthony about dating potential go ahead reply to us let us know but moving on to the last segment of the show we have you are drove so again disclaimer all my non-st louisans this is a term for when you thought a situation was gonna work out in your favor you thought hey this is just go work out my best benefit, and it comes back to get you. So in other terms, you know, if it didn't work out, you just a little bit drove. But more or less, the drove story for this week is in regards to, I don't know if you saw this story. I thought this was interesting, but the man who forgot his Bitcoin password is at peace with his $250 million loss. And I sourced this story from People Magazine, trying to do better, letting y'all know where I got these stories from. I post them in the um, IG stories, but again, it's from People. So Stefan Thomas of San Francisco has made peace with the fact he can no longer access his Bitcoin account due to forgetting his passport, which would ultimately make him a millionaire if he were to retrieve it. So he was featured in a New York Times article, and he literally says, he has about, I think it was estimated at literally $220 million worth of Bitcoin locked away on a hard drive that will erase its data after 10 password attempts. And the password has been out of his grasp since 2012. So it's been a minute. It ain't like this just happened yesterday where he forgot it. But imagine for the last nine years, you cannot... Think of this, like he said he wrote it down on a piece of paper and just lost it. And in a way it's interesting, you know, it's a white guy, cause you know, most times white people are like, oh my gosh, I'm fine. That's fate, I don't need this. As a black person, I would literally be at Bitcoin headquarters throwing a fit, literally. Like you guys have to retrieve this password. There's no way I'm ever leaving here. I would, I would have been slept, I would have been sleeping inside of their headquarters since 2012 because there's no way I'm leaving and funny enough he's been doing all these interviews and he kind of told the people like oh you know after experiencing this you question your self-worth and what kind of person loses something so important but in a way he said he's come to terms with what happened he said he has moved on from the whole idea of being like your own bank innocent like do you make your own shoes? The reason we have banks is that we don't want to deal with all those things that banks do. And even more so, he's just like, I can fulfill myself and my life in other ways. I don't need the money. And I just thought, again, that's a very Caucasian way of thinking. It's no way. It is no way. When I tell you, I would probably flip my house over trying to find that piece of paper. Yeah. So, okay. I would do that too. No doubt. But if you cannot find the paper, are you, what are you going to do? I guess he's fine without it. Cause he no, technically like if I can't find it Yeah. now, I'm very dramatic. So I probably would have had some sort of medical ailment right at that moment. The minute I realized I couldn't find it, I probably just stroked out. 
But in a way I get, I'm joking, but I get exactly what he's saying because that has to be frustrating because even then I believe when I was looking back at it, he's attempted at his password probably six times. And each time it has been incorrect. And they literally said after 10 password attempts, it will erase the data. So it won't be there regardless. It's just a password, right? Like a email and password. I think so. I'm not as familiar with Bitcoin. I'm sure it might be a little bit more intricate because my thing is, why can't they retrieve the right. password for him? I go straight to forgot password. Send me a new one. I, I literally just did that. I'm pretty sure I did that for Zoom. Like, what was my password? I... And even then, I'm sure he was aware of what it would even mean if he didn't, like, have a strong password. So I'm sure he probably came up with something like, oh, it has to be this. But right. hope I hope he didn't use Apple. Like, when Apple creates passwords, I'm always like, no, please don't. Because their passwords are always yeah. just random blurb so best of luck to stephan thomas because he just said he can live with it he can live with that loss i definitely see and that's why and and going back to what (laughs) (laughs) even to tell y'all i'm a control freak y'all that's it no 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 not even that i mean you know what can you do you know you can only control what you do going for you learn that lesson my controllable would now be to break into the interface known as bitcoin and just crash the entire system right and they will put you in jail. <laughs> yeah he probably like you know i'm just better off leaving right. it all alone but you guys that is it for today's episode um it was a pleasure having Kojar anthony here with me do you want to tell the folks where they can find you at absolutely thank you for having me i really enjoyed <laughs> chopping it up with you it's been a blast uh you can find me at relationshipsandchill.com also at wifedupacademy.com where we have everything from uh, the secret love language of men where it shows you how to get your man to open up, communicate, and connect with you without being pushed away. <laughs> and also the husband material. What's funny about that? <laughs> Why do I have to have a guide for you to tell me what I want to know? You ain't got to. I mean, I give it to you. I'm cracking up. I might have to look can, at it though. I might I, have to take a look. You'll be married next year. Oh, now we, wait a minute. I well, if you want to be married, <laughs> okay, but, I like that better. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be married next year, but it's such a beautiful thing. My marriage is the most beautiful thing ever, and everywhere we go, my wife and I, they be like, "Wow, I want that," and that's exactly what I said when I saw my mentor. But nevertheless, uh, Wife Up Academy, we show you all of this stuff, and um, Clubhouse find me on there, and uh, same thing, Instagram, Facebook, Wife Up Academy. Or relationships and chill at so yeah that's that's it for me that's this is what we do on an everyday basis miss sydney okay well make sure that you check them out and go to wifed up academy and tune in to relationships and chill because you know get it together y'all y'all don't want to be sitting here waiting on them reparations because they not coming um so again i'm gonna add this tab bit because i do it at the end of every episode as someone who's an avid complainer i actually don't mind about hearing the complaints of others but only when it is right so let me judge your annoyances both big and small to see if you should be annoyed or offended and make sure to email them to annoy.offended at gmail.com thanks again for tuning in you guys bye
Thanks for listening to Annoyed Not Offended with See It. Have a question or interested in sharing an annoyance of your own to be read on the show? Email annoyednotoffended at gmail.com. Also, follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Annoyed Not Offended for more hilarious content and updates on the show. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, bye.